go on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Things are giddy on the other side of the table. We'll get to that in just a second. As today, I am not the sole provider of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. She doesn't get it with us. I promise you, I have found someone to travel this river. Are these just going to be Michael Bolton references that I don't get for the entire episode? I'm spent. That's oh, all I got. <laughs> Michaela Schreider, Vanessa Sanchez from She's Got Game on TSN Radio across the network are both here today. How's it going? So much better now. <laughs> we said when we got in here, it's been a day. It's been quite a day. For those, I'm sure most people know, Vanessa and I actually work together at the Ottawa Hospital. We spend literally every waking minute <laughs> of our lives together. Mm-hmm. And we had a very long day at work. Mm-hmm. So we're very happy to be here having a drink and uh, talking about sports. And I think Vanessa is in a much better mood now. Oh, yeah. I was feeling a little, a little sleepy. Before I got here, and a little loopy, and then Michael Bolton, Santa Claus, bringing us in, just bringing bringing it home. <laughs> oh, what a tune! And I, uh, yeah, I, I did a quick search around on uh, what kind of other you know song titles, what references mm-hmm. there might be. There may be lost on some of the listeners, but uh, but I appreciated. Yeah, them. that was just for you. Thank you. And so, uh, oh, you know how to make a, a girl feel loved. <laughs> Michael Bolton's Christmas Spectacular, <laughs> which I did not know was a thing. Oh, it is a fantastic a album. Everyone has a Christmas wow, album. Before there was a Michael Buble, there was a Michael Bolton Christmas. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, we got, a ton, <laughs> we got a ton of things that we could start with, but uh, we always start with uh, with what we're sipping on today. And uh, I guess, Vanessa, you've chosen to, uh, to sit this round out. Yeah, it's been a long day. Michaela fed me a coffee at one o'clock yesterday and I did not sleep last night because um, okay. I am 33 and caffeine affects me like I'm four. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, it's suddenly a thing. Like you actually have to pay attention to what you're, to be you're fair, drinking. To be my whole life I've been like that. Sugar. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, I've all, I'm always like that. And I still have not learned after 33 years. I was trying to help. I was trying to tell you you could lean on me. She did did you just look she it up? It. I did. I have Michael Bolton essentials on my phone right now, just looking for songs that I can make puns with. It took I her know. a little time, but she showed some love and tenderness oh, and came there is with that's, she, that's what love is all about. <laughs> we have to stop because we will not stop ourselves. Uh, you reached into the beer fridge behind my steel bar. And, uh, and <laughs> oh, that was another one. Oh, another steel bars. <laughs> what did you go with there? That's uh, now likely shaking all the crap. As yeah, you I, th- I think I just uh, ruined it. So I grabbed uh, Old Dog, mm. their British Bulldog Extra Special Bitter. Um, and it says uh, Old Dog proudly presents another limited edition test batch. So I don't know if this is part of some series or something. but Yeah, they've been trying some different stuff over the summer. So uh, Where is Old Dog? I don't that know. is Bob Cajun. Bob so Cajun. So came back there from the go. cottage with me. So I feel like an old dog today. So yeah, okay. <laughs> See, that'll work, I guess. Uh, and I, of course, am sticking with the uh, the advent calendar that I've been working through on the show here since the beginning of December. Today is uh, day seven as we sit here and record this. And uh, this comes from the Muddy York Brewing Company, who I don't know a ton about, although I know our friend uh, Dr. Vicki Forster, who guests on the podcast every now and then. This is one of her favorite breweries, so, um, you know, comes highly recommended. But this is their, oh, I'm going to butcher it, Una, oh, oh. Vanessa, you can probably help with this. Uh-oh. U-N-A space M-A-S. 
Unamas. Okay, I didn't there know. There we go. Unamas or Unamas. I, 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 now I, I, I won't butcher it. What's it mean? <laughs> it means one more. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that very much. Uh, this is a Mexican <laughs> lager, uh, like I said, from the uh, the Muddy York Brewing Company, 4.6%. So, um, yeah, the calendar, honestly, the last day or two, kind of meh. Got off to a good start. Uh, the last couple days, only okay. And uh, so far on first sip of this one, I enjoy a nice Mexican lager. It's kind of crisp. Mm-hmm. feels like summer, which it does not here right now. This December kind of sucks. It's just rainy all the time. and Yeah, it it's been look, yuck. It's mm-hmm. not been any fun at all. Uh, look, there's a thousand different places we could start. I had, as of like two days ago, uh, some notes on some, <laughs> some topics, some things I would have liked to have gotten to. And uh, they've been crumpled up and thrown in the trash because over the last several days, the world has changed on a bunch of different fronts. We started the show with uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Why don't we start with what he brought with him, which is a professional women's soccer league. (laughs) For the first time. (laughs) That was, I don't know what that noise is. Me neither. uh, Okay. Um, We got uh, an announcement, I believe it was on Monday, that, uh, you know, Diana Matheson, I believe, is is running the show. You guys will correct me if I'm wrong. Christine Sinclair is on board as an advisor. It's going to be an eight-team league. Uh, across the country, four teams in the West, four in the East, and uh, we've got two confirmed already, one in Calgary, one in Vancouver, and uh, not kicking off until 2025. But uh, look, this is big news. This is a country that has seen its women win the last gold medal at an Olympic Games, um, despite having nowhere at home for the team to play or their athletes to play. Uh, Perhaps you've already given it, but what was your first reactions when you heard it? <laughs> Pretty much exactly that. Yeah. Like I actually, Vanessa texted me late Monday night and for late for me is like nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was uh, firmly in bed. Um, so the next morning I woke up to a text from Vanessa that said it's happening. Can I just say, first of all, there have been only a few times. I usually, this is sort of how it goes. I will text Michaela late at night, knowing full well she won't see it till the morning. Mm-hmm. I wake up at seven-ish, and she's already sent me a bunch of texts and like shared a bunch of tweets yeah. sure. from like 5 a.m. Okay. Like This is how it goes. There have been a couple of times throughout our friendship where I have thought, should I call Josh and wake mm. get her to wake up? Like, get oh, him to wake deal. her up. Is yeah. this a big enough deal? And I really was on the verge of it. Really? I was, yeah. Wow. I thought this was big enough. And this then I an thought, emergency. this is, she won't be able to sleep. She'll be so excited that she won't be able to fall back asleep. Wake up to this. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. just the best news to it's wake Christmas up to. Morning. <laughs> and, and so because I... I knew we were coming on the show. Obviously, we had to get uh, the show ready for She's Got Games. We recorded on Thursday nights. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, I may as well sit down and make some notes. And it took me an hour to even start making <laughs> notes. I was shaking. I was so excited. And then I just like wrote a bunch of the stuff. The notes like, are just OMG, OMG. Yeah, OMG. no, it's just like hearts and, yeah. and scribbly lines. I'm I'm just so Lots excited. exclamation points. Yeah. I'm so, we've been waiting for this for so long. Yeah. Like, like you said, Canada's the defending Olympic gold medal champions in women's soccer and we don't have a league a women's league a women's team for our players to play in right this is going to open up so many doors not just for the players who are currently on the national team and you know the the uh senior players but it's also going to create a lot of pathways to professional soccer for young canadian women that don't exist right now that's one thing christine sinclair talked about in her book that kind of convinced me that we've talked about this before on the show like does Canada need an NWSL team or do they need their own league? And we were always kind of on the on the NWSL side. 
uh, and we can get into a bit of why that might not be the case anymore later, but um, Christine St. Clair talked about it in her book, how there's not really a pathway to professional soccer for young girls because you just get discovered by happenstance mm-hmm. in this country. You just happen to be playing, like nine times out of 10, they go to the States and they get discovered at a university. Sure. Now with a professional league in place, there's more pathways that are going to be created to funnel into that league. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only going to create more opportunities for young girls. Mm-hmm. What about you? First reactions, oh. first... Uh... Did, did first, you squeal when you saw it? Did, I did a little. Like I did a little happy dance. Yeah. My hands just started doing that a lot. Um, this is a podcast; you can't see, uh, but it is awesome. <laughs> a hand. It was fantastic. Um, no, I was very excited. Like Michaela said, we have kind of both been of the same mindset that an NWSL team in Canada would have made more sense than starting fresh with a brand new league. Um, and I think over the over the past little while, we've come to realize that that is not the best case. Um, and again, we can get that's into twenty that in roster a bit. spots, um, right? or not even. Well, that's the thing. Like our our whole thing behind that was, if you bring an NWSL team up to Canada, you have um, a ready made fan base. The NWSL is growing like crazy right. in the States, in, in all of North America. There are a lot of Canadian fans who cheer for an NWSL team. Um, and we have a lot of our Canadian players who play in the NWSL. And, you know, so, you, yeah, you'd have sort of a, a ready-made fan base. You could put it somewhere like Vancouver. The West Coast has an incredible soccer fan base sure, already. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it would just make more sense to, to slowly build it that way. But it's 20 more roster spots or 22 more roster spots that aren't necessarily going to Canadians. Right. Um, you know, there are... TFC is not stocked with all exactly. Canadian yeah. athletes. They're yeah. trying to win. They just sign like any other sport, whoever's mm-hmm. out there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not it's not a pathway for Canadian, young Canadian girls to, to grow up and, and automatically play for a Canadian team. Like, the, it's... It's not the best way. Um, yeah. And, and Christine Sinclair's book, which I have yet to read, but oh, Michaela has Michaela's read passages to me like we're in the olden days. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and it sounds like... This, if I may quote from the good book. <laughs> yes. Have you heard from our Lord and Savior, Christine Sinclair? <laughs> yeah. You guys have both referenced the idea of pathways. And mm-hmm. I'm curious what that means in terms of like is that like trickle down where maybe you're more likely to stay and play in a Canadian university as opposed to leave and go to an American university because you know maybe now there are teams in Canada looking around for you what what do you mean by pathways I can take that one mm-hmm. first anyway um uh, I think- recall this is a pub table so just <laughs> Stomp all over each other. Yeah. <laughs> Just interrupt me yeah. if I talk too much, which is often. Um, it means a few different things. So one – like just the visibility of a professional women's soccer league in Canada creates a natural pathway for young girls to, to instead of thinking, I want to play for Team Canada, which they may still think, mm-hmm. I want to play for the Vancouver Whitecaps or whatever their team is going to be called. I want to play for Calgary. Uh, I want to play for, fingers crossed, Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it creates that visibility of like a, an end goal. But also with a professional league, what you end up having is associate as soon as it's sanctioned by Canada Soccer, which they are expecting in 2024 – there are going to inevitably be associations with other leagues in Ontario and in provinces, right? Right. So those leagues are going to become associated with this professional league. And then the girls playing for those leagues will have a natural pathway into that, a a more um, easy, easily accessible pathway into that professional league because the scouts will be going there. Get called up essentially. Yeah. It could be like a feeder league or it, it could simply be like, 
we have a scouting system now with our, you know, our Vancouver team. So they go to all of the um, grassroots games in, in BC to scout players, right? Right, 13, right now. 14, 15 year olds playing. Exactly. Maybe ready for a step up. And r- right now, if those 13, 14, 15 year olds are going to the States at that age yeah. because that's where the scouts are. But with a Canadian team in Canada or the Canadian league in Canada, you have scouts who are naturally going to be staying in Canada to scout Canadian talent for this league. So there's just more of a pathway to professional soccer. The problem I think Canadian um, soccer will have, and and most Canadian sports have this, is that you can't get a full-ride scholarship mm-hmm. um, as an athlete in Canada. And so that still is going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows how that's all going to play out? I don't know if, you know, it's still three three years, two years away. Oh, my God. Math. We don't do math <laughs> on the air. We learn this lesson every week. Every week. And you, you test yourself. I'll give you that. You're very ambitious. This week, I got it. Yeah. This week's going to be different. This, and this is an easy one. <laughs> Three years. 20, thank you. <laughs> three years. Um, so three years. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're almost in 2023. So That's true. true. Yeah. Two, two in a bit, we'll say. Okay. Um, where was I even going with this? Um, yeah, things could change by then with, you know, with Canadian universities and, and how that all works. I, I don't foresee it, really, because um, nothing has changed very recently. Um, but, yeah, it's that that I think is one of the, the major issues in in that pathway of of young Canadian talent, it we see it all the time. We see it a lot in football. Like I've been talking a lot of college football lately, and every week I talk about a different Canadian to watch mm-hmm. uh, in the N- N- um, uh, NCAA football. And like every single one has moved to the states at 16 years old to play in a, a high school a prep school, so or that something. they can yeah. get scouted and go play. Uh, in college and then and like just stay in the states like that's just and the americans do offer full ride full ride scholarship and now they have name image likeness um, yeah contracts as well so you can make money as a college athlete so that might throw the collegiate yeah the collegiate level is so hard to compete with Mm -hmm. it Um, really is and that's going to be a tough one yeah in terms of competing with uh you know this this league it's going to have to compete to a certain degree with the nwsl and with european opportunities have we learned anything i know this is all very new um news sort of broke i saw on monday afternoon there was a tweet that was like look for some time this week Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. there to be an announcement and there wasn't a whole lot of details there but you know just people say i'm hearing you know stay tuned kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then monday night is when it uh when it broke have we heard anything in sort of terms of minimum wage or like what these athletes can expect it is professional women's soccer they're going to be paid there will be a league here at home but do we know any sort of details on you know how competitive they'll be able to be no no (laughs) (laughs) we looked at each other of like who's gonna answer this one no the answer is no we have no information again it is the problem that happens here is i tell everybody it's like a pub table let's just talk and then i still treat it like an interview i ask direct specific questions and and you're interviewing two women and if we know anything about women it's that we're not great at talking over other people because we've spent our entire lives being being talked over. over yeah so, little lesson on gender yeah. identity. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but also, I am. I come from an Italian Spanish family where you have to start talking before the ne- the other person is 
done Grab the talking. Ball yeah. Because yeah. you got to like get your voice in there. So it really is just a whole <laughs> identity crisis over yeah. here okay. on this side <laughs> Real of the struggle. table. Yeah. I will say though, because it's a great point about competing with the NWSL. And that's certainly mm-hmm. something that Diana Matheson and Christine Sinclair talked about in some of the interviews that they did. Um, you know, the minimum wage salary in the NWSL is $35,000 per year. Okay. Not exactly livable if you're playing in New York City, right? Sure, no. Um, so, and, and this kind of gets into... Maybe if Delaware had a team. Or yeah. <laughs> in but North Carolina. Then, but like, yeah, like if you're making... $35,000, that is under the poverty line. Yep. Especially in the States, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Sure. And if it... We kind of alluded to it earlier, but we can kind of get into it now as to why an NWSL team here may not make sense. It's like... The NWSL as a league has a terrible reputation right now and a terrible problem with they, systemic they not, like abuse. A third, as I do exactly what you just said and start talking, <laughs> like a third or half of their coaches all just had to resign. Yeah. After mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a significant number of head coaches that were all just like, "Yeah, I get, you got to go, man." Yeah, <laughs> like, because of known uh, situations of abuse, and yes. there was an entire report called the Sally Yates Report. Highly recommend reading it if you haven't already. That details um, all of this, and right. and the coaches who were fired, the the managers and and owners who perpetuated this abuse. Um, one thing that Diana Matheson talked about was like creating systems in this league from the ground up that prevent that. Mm -hmm. So vetting systems, third-party reporting, proper training. Like, I think that this league knows that looking at the NWSL, not just as a beacon for, like, you know, professional soccer, professional women's soccer, but as lessons learned for Mm -hmm. how not to conduct yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I thought was interesting in that regard, and, you know, maybe you guys can correct me or educate me or whatever, was to see them partnering with the Vancouver Whitecaps right off the hop, who also have a not great history of, you know, the way employees and stuff have been treated in that organization. Mm-hmm. I believe they also just had a major executive uh, have to leave. Were you surprised that that was a a starting point? Like we're coming out, we're going to announce this league and we're hanging our hat on this being our first franchise. To me, that was a, an odd first step. I don't. I see where you're coming from, but I I don't think it was an odd first step. Okay. I think for something like this, it needed to it needed to have um, have some hooks in some well established organizations. It's a great market, it, exactly. Like we talk Not about, sure West Coast is best coast. Yeah. All, <laughs> but if we went on that, like if if we wanted to, we were looking at uh, men's teams to affiliate women's teams with, and mm-hmm. we wanted to pick one that had no history of abuse, we would literally, <laughs> and I'm not being facetious, we would literally have no options. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Abuse is, is systemic throughout all sports. Mm-hmm. Men's, women's, doesn't matter. Yep. Obviously, you know, tends to trend towards men's. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I see where you're, what you're saying mm-hmm. in that like, you know, very I, I recent even story. even just waited like two weeks. Like we're starting our league and not have the white caps thing mm-hmm. involved in our press release involved, where people kind of go, uh, and maybe I'm just over um, overstating the impact of it, and maybe most people didn't think of it that way. But I, when I I raised an eyebrow when I saw that this is our you know first mm-hmm. franchise, this is what we're launching with, and I just maybe would have waited a week or two to make that announcement and just just take the good stuff this mm-hmm. week, right? Only only talk about hey, we're launching this league, we're actually doing this. But it's just an opinion. It's... From a media PR communication standpoint, which is what Michaela and I do yeah. in our day jobs, I think um, it's kind of like bearing the bad news maybe a little bit yeah, with, okay. with the good news. So 
I see what it, you're saying there yeah. too. Yeah, we're yeah. we're doing this. We're launching this thing. But yeah, there's that. But the big story is we're starting the league. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny, and I wasn't as dialed in on the Vancouver Whitecaps situation, but the first thing I think of when I think of the Whitecaps is that they hired Stephanie Labe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, again, it's, it's one of those situations of, like, stuff can be two things. Mm-hmm. Sure. This organization can have done something terrible. And also, apparently, their owner really cares about women's soccer. Like, apparently, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, he's a huge advocate. Um, and hi, I think hiring Stephanie, as soon as they hired it's Stephanie Labe, I was like, <laughs> they're going to be involved in a women's league. Yeah, sure. like, yeah exactly. And, and from the sounds of it, like, she very much is in charge of this Vancouver team. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, one of the cool quotes that I saw come out of this was, uh, and obviously most of them, as she's done all the, the, the legwork so far, is Diana Matheson. And essentially, I don't have it right in front of me, but the quote is basically, I don't think many women, Canadian women have been asked whether they'd like to own a pro sports franchise. And I'd love to ask them. And I just, there's something about that quote. There's just something right? to me that's like, that's pretty badass, right? Right? Just, that is... Tells you right off the hop mm-hmm. that that we're going to do this right, and we hope that women are going to be involved in ownership and in management and uh, and these sorts of things. Um, do we have any inside scoops? Any <laughs> knowledge? Any thoughts? Any guesses on we- the other markets that might be in here? Maybe maybe a prominent woman or two who might want to be involved in this thing. Mikhail and I are announcing our bid. Okay. For an Ottawa team yeah. right now. All right. Yeah. We're going to pull our money together. <laughs> And then we just need She's a sugar mommy or daddy. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to wait till after Christmas, see what our grandmothers give us. Good idea. And then Solid idea. we'll go from there. Well, yeah. wait and see who Ryan Reynolds gets right. as his yep. sugar daddy. Yeah. And then see if they want to get involved in soccer as well. There you go. In, uh, that would work. But, um, but actually, I think that is a fantastic way to approach this. A very novel way to approach this. I don't think any... I don't think any women's league has been approached in that way. Right. Like with a, a women's first investment strategy. Um, so I'm I'm very glad that that is, is the approach that they're taking to this. I think I they wish... said eight to ten million bucks, I believe, was going to be the. Oh, we can do that. And... <laughs> right? We just need. Okay. okay everybody see what, everybody empty their pockets. Let's see two. here. I just need uh, $9.999 million more to go. We are millennials with mortgages. <laughs> That in and of itself is rare. <laughs> it is. Good for us. <laughs> Actually, in, yeah, you're, you're doing pretty well at that point. <laughs> um, yeah. It, do we have any thoughts on, you know, eight teams? They've announced Calgary and Vancouver. They said four east, four west to start. Um, any, you know, is it your usual? Should we expect, you know, just, I don't know, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Halifax, uh, Winnipeg, yeah. Yeah. Edmonton. We counted it out on our fingers several times. We're so good at we're doing, that. We're back and to the math. Thing. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, it, Toronto is a must. Right. Montreal is a must. Yes. They both have MLS teams, so there may be some associations there. Um, MLSE's been wanting to do this sort of thing mm-hmm. for yes. a while. I think most of us expected it would be the WNBA, but oh. if this has jumped up first, then. I think that's coming too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed anyway. I, I think that you have to look at the markets that have infrastructure in place already. Like Vanessa said, an MLS team in place really helps. Uh, a stadium to play in, be it soccer or football, really helps. Uh, and a, a men's team is helpful, but Diana Matheson always kind of uh, also kind of hinted at like, yeah, we can partner with men's teams, but we can have other ownership structures as well. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be necessary for every team but ottawa has all those things mm-hmm. I, I, I i we've counted this out like like you said <laughs> and like it's hard to imagine a scenario where ottawa is not one of these teams mm-hmm. 
yeah, uh, you know, you, you just market size is going to be important as well, right? You know, do you, you know, maybe Kingston could do it, but do you want to risk that right off the hop? I think you are going to be looking at those major, you know, it's not going to be Brandon. It's probably going to be Winnipeg, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, you know, Red Deer. It'll be Edmonton mm-hmm. if they're, it, it, there's a certain amount of being in those big markets, just opening you up to the largest possible mm-hmm. audience, uh, audience group. I, 25 to me, and I know it takes time to build these things up, seemed far off. Um, I don't know how long I thought this would take, probably 24. So, I mean, it's one year further off than I thought it might be. But what is the, what do you do from this point until 2025 as I sit here and ask a couple communications uh, (laughs) gurus we'll go with? How do you keep the buzz building? How do you get headed in the right direction and make sure that from here it's only a steady build? It doesn't sort of fade to the back of mind. That's a good question. That's uh, really good. Well, <laughs> they kind of laid did out too much communications work already. It's the end of the day, man. Sorry, right? <laughs> Let's just talk about Michael Bolton some more. There we go. <laughs> okay. I think that they laid out kind of a a map for the other big things that have to happen between now and then, like getting sanctioned by Canada Soccer in in 2024, for example. I think there was something else in 2023 that is escaping me right now. But I mean, again, you want this to be done right. You don't. Mm-hmm. There were two fully fledged women's professional soccer team uh, leagues in the states that folded before the NWSL started. We've seen the CWHL fold. We don't want to go down that path again. Right. We don't want to have this start and stop and start and stop. Clearly they're doing it right. We know about it from the, from day 1 essentially. We've got they have lots of time. I mean it's not a ton of time when you think about it, no, but I guess. And like you know we're we knew 23 in 2 weeks, right? When and did we know that the Red Blacks were coming back to town at least 2 years before? Oh, at least. True. Like, yeah. like this these things take time. Mm-hmm. And and I that's why I think there's also probably a lot more going on behind the scenes than we know about even right now. Um and and it feels far off when you think about it, but we've already said like we're almost into 2023. Right. And that's 2 years. Mhm. Two yeah. years and, and and we'll we'll have a team so or we'll have a league so I I think I think that it makes complete sense just to get the excitement now we're gonna have the World Cup in 2023 and then it's essentially a year and a half till 2025 mm-hmm. at that point right so I think uh, you know I, I'm not a sports business expert but I imagine these things take time I'll play I think- one on a podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think the announcement of uh, of the teams of the cities is going to be an, another big thing that, you know, over the next yeah. however many months that will be, but over probably the first half of next year, um, that will definitely keep the excitement building in in ev- <clears throat> in each various city, wh- wherever they may be. But Ottawa's got to be one of them. Um, if well, we there's opportunities, that, right? Like oh, 2023, yeah. there's a Women's World Cup. You mm-hmm. need to be using that as yep. a reminder and a mm-hmm. you know having different events in in some of the markets that you've selected 2024 Olympics Olympic Games yep. another opportunity to remind people hey here's Canadian women's soccer on the biggest stage again uh hopefully doing their thing again mm-hmm. and again you in your markets that by then you absolutely have to have set up you can be having watch parties like supporter groups i guess they call them in in soccer mm-hmm. right <laughs> and you can be having those sorts of events in these next couple of years um but yeah, I think that is the challenge when you launch something like this is staying front of mind now mm-hmm. until we get there. And yeah. There are opportunities, but you're going to have to create some as well. I think. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things, I don't know if it is, Michaela, you'll probably know this for sure because you 
are good at doing research. Um, but but one of them in the has said, either Diana Matheson or Christine Sinclair has said that there will be a Canadian women's national team player on yes. each team. Yeah. And I don't know if that is absolutely happening or if that is like a wish list item, but I don't think they would say they, it if it was They presented it as a... Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's another huge thing. Like if I live in Ottawa, which I do, <laughs> I don't know why I'm going with a hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> but I live in Ottawa here and like, you know, I know that I'm getting a team mm-hmm. and even if I'm not a, a huge women's soccer fan, like I want to know which Canadian player I'm going to get in my sure. city. And so I'm going to watch the World Cup next year and I'm going to watch the Olympics the year after. She could be here in a year. Exactly. My that could be mine. Captain, that could be right, our like, captain. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that'll all be part of the fun in the, the engagement mm-hmm. with fans and building the fan base before it all starts in 25. I will freely admit as at best a, um, you know, peripheral soccer fan. And then um, I, I I know you have notes. I'm sort of out of course. <laughs> what else should we know about this before we move off of this topic? I, I know you've been writing for days. <laughs> That's um, true. What's on, what's on your mind that I haven't brought up here that, that should be noticed, that should be notable, that we should put out there? That's a really good question. I think we've kind of touched on everything. I, mean, I did a good job. You did a great job, Matt. Bravo. Um, it's. I, I think it's worth shouting out the two sponsors that have already signed on yeah. just to give them some love. And I know we don't often give this one company a lot of love. Uh, Air Canada and CIBC. Oh, everybody's both. super, super happy with their airline <laughs> Everyone experiences Everyone loves lately. flying with Air Canada. But they both, like right from the get-go, have been involved. CIBC, actually, it's, it's funny. Like, they're a Canadian bank, and they sponsor the Chicago Red Stars jersey. Really? I noticed that very recently. I, I don't know if you noticed that. that. Right? I did not notice that. Yeah. That's, That's my bank. Cool. I'm yeah. so happy I banked with them. <laughs> I, I just think it's, it's great that they've got two... Th- those are two of Canada's biggest brands, when yep. you think mm-hmm. about it, right? One of our biggest banks, and literally one of the only airlines we have as an option. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I think it's it's really great that, that they've signed on. I think, also, if anybody wants to follow along on, on the updates, uh, Project 8, which is Diane and Matheson's business partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow them on social media and they'll be sharing all the updates uh, from here on out. Mm-hmm. Air Canada is such an important one too because that is one of the biggest issues with Canadian leagues is travel. Yeah. It is so expensive yes. to travel in this country. Look at the WNBA. It, it, right? Like they're flying char- yeah. commercial. They're flying commercial flights. Oh. These women are like seven feet tall, <laughs> cramped in like row 38. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, having a having a travel partner right. right off the get-go is so huge. Even, I mean, I'm sure these players are... Because that's half are, the sponsorship, right? Exactly. Yeah. We're just going to hook you up with yeah. your flight to wherever right you're there. going. And, yeah. Right there. Like, people it's don't perfect. get, and we talk about this with the WNBA all the time, but mm-hmm. like, again, when it comes to women's sports resources, like, just flying commercial and what that does to your exhaustion, what that does to your preparation when you land and the next day, sometimes even the same day, have to play. Imagine having a flight to yourself where you can relax a bit and being that much more ready to play. And then the product is going to be that much better right. because the athletes themselves are at their best to perform. <laughs> it, it was big. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I've said a hundred times on here before, I'm not a huge soccer guy, but this is big, right? This is big news. Oh, yeah. This makes a, this, this is something that absolutely needed to happen. I'm very curious as just kind of a nerd for the business side of things, how this will roll out. Like I said, I want to know what the salary cap or mm-hmm. that those sorts of details. I would be curious whether they would be open to, you know, we've got our eight teams, but there's a ninth or, or there's 10. Like, are they open to that idea with launching with more than 
than those teams if they pop up. Like, I think it's a mm-hmm. fascinating story to follow. And it this feels like in that very Disney movie kind of way, <laughs> the starting point, And then in eight years, Canada's playing for gold as opposed to, yeah, Canada already won the yeah, gold and yeah. now we're like backfilling. Oh shit, we should do something here to make sure we can do that again. Backfilling right? is exactly what we were doing. That is the perfect word for it. We're yep. going backwards yeah, and just true. making sure that if we can keep doing this. I don't know. Like it's, that's wild. And you have to ride the wave, right? We, we're going to talk about it here in a second. The men's team just coming off, uh, you know, making the World Cup and mm-hmm. getting dusted quickly right <laughs> out the door. Um, but lots of people... Between the gold medal um, at the Olympics and then the men's team making the World Cup, soccer, probably in my lifetime, has never been this prominent in Canada. And it's the perfect time to strike and and Mm -hmm. people are excited. uh, And, you know, that's obviously going to be a thing at the sponsorship level and at the corporate level as well. So if you, you, you take this opportunity when everyone's talking about it and everyone's into soccer to go, yeah, we're launching our league and we're doing it right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do we expect... Diana Matheson to, to play in this league or is she basically... Uh, <laughs> I mean, she's been retired for a while. She I did know, ask Christine Sinclair yeah, that exact yeah, question. Yeah. For a year. <laughs> then looked Come at her on. watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, we know Christine Sinclair is going to play in 2023. That was her goal. Mm-hmm. She's said that the 2024 Olympics are up in the air. Right. But she has said in her book that I will reference... <laughs> Um, and I do that a lot recently. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, Vanessa's really sick of it. No, um, I'm not at all. <laughs> she said that she wouldn't mind retiring from international soccer and just playing club soccer That's for all a I'm while. At. Yeah. Mm. Cause, so cause maybe. You, yeah, you don't have to be the national team player on your team. You're just. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You'd be not plenty enough. good enough at the club level to. She could be like carried out there by her teammates <laughs> and like she'd still be a draw. <laughs> Oh, like yeah. if she plays for yeah. Vancouver, like, she's going to sell tickets. in yes. Canadian soccer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's. it's uh, Oh, now we're going to spend the next three years going, okay, where will Janine Becky play? Yes. And where will Vanessa Joe? We call Vanessa Joe. She plays in Ottawa. That's true. Sure. That's She's true. She's from Ottawa. We got to yeah. have her. And okay. she, I saw, I can't remember who tweeted today, today or yesterday. Um, I think it was like TSN said, what city deserves uh, a team? Yeah. And number one. Like the number one response was Vanessa Jill, Ottawa in all caps. No way! I swear to God. <laughs> See that? That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, Ottawa's getting a team faux show. Yeah. <laughs> so let me spoil the fun here a little bit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Speaking of Janine Becky, which we did here a second ago. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to touch on this because it was a, a, a controversy here at the end of November. Uh, I believe it was during the second game uh, of the Canadian Men's uh, World Cup. Mm-hmm. Second loss. Uh, and Alfonso Davies scores and pretty sweet goal. And um, I'm sure most people have seen the clip, but James Duthie refers to it while sitting beside Canadian Olympic gold medalist Janine <laughs> Becky. He calls it the, uh, well, you know what? I'm just going to play the clip. You can all hear it for yourself. James Duffy back with the man who played for Ireland in the World Cup, Kevin Kilban, Olympic gold medalist Janine Becky, and the former Canadian captain, Julian de Guzman. Disappointing end, which we will get to in just a second, but let us not minimize the moment. We're prone to hyperbole sometimes. That's the greatest moment in Canadian soccer history. You bled for this team for a long time. When- <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, okay. so, and I'd appreciate it mm-hmm. if you'd let me go first, <laughs> just so that... Oh, the man wants oh, to the go man first. Wants to go it's my first. whole point. It's my whole point. <laughs> I want to give my reaction, and I want you guys to tell me 
if wrong. I'm yeah, <laughs> if that's where I land, then then so be it. But I don't want what is absolutely going to happen in our mentions at Tall Can Audio on Twitter. If I let you go first and then happen to agree, is <laughs> you know exactly what's going to happen. If I it, let me just get it out there first, and then if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm not, I'm not. I don't believe that James Duthie disrespects women's sports, but he just did it. You just heard him disrespect women's sports. I believe it was a massive fuck up on a massive stage and he absolutely should have apologized. And he did. Funny thing about the angry world we live in, it's very, very, very difficult to find the apology clip (laughs) online, but that's a whole other thing. What he said was wrong. And the fact that he was saying it right beside someone who had just won an Olympic gold medal for Canada. It's ridiculous. Now he comes back, he apologizes. Luckily, she's far classier than the people on Twitter were (laughs) about the whole thing. It's a slip of the tongue, but it's, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. It was so casual the way it rolled off of his tongue to just be like, that's the biggest moment in And he did realize it. He knew it was wrong. But that's sort of the point is that when you actually sit and think about it, you understand that, no, the women's Olympic gold medal is bigger, but it's just so easy. It's just so casual. It's just so um, synonymous to assume that the men's one is the bigger one and is the better one or the more significant one, whatever you want to call it. So he tweets out an apology. He apologized on air as well. All these things, like I said, I don't believe James Duthie believes that that one goal was bigger than an Olympic gold medal, but he made a mistake and the mistake is the whole point. And that was just sort of, you know, the fact that it did come off his tongue quite that casually, quite that easily is, is the whole point. And like I said, he is to me, not that guy. There are many men in sports media that don't respect women's sports. I don't think that's him. But as I hand it to you guys to either slice and dice me or let me off the hook or whatever, um, I believe that that's, that James Duthie is not that guy, but that it's not, as not the aggrieved party, it's probably not my place to be the, ah, you're fine, James, and and forgive him. How am I doing? You... You go first. Okay. <laughs> so, listen. Mikhail always comes in with the facts and then I come in with the <laughs> pure emotion. Yeah. I, I agree that James Duthie is not a bad person. Mm-hmm. He made a mistake. And what? And, and he apologized on air. And Janine Becky corrected him. And yes. then he thanked her for correcting him. And then he apologized on Twitter. Yep. He, this does not necessarily, you, you can make, I think we, one thing that we have often forgotten in this day and age is that you can make mistakes and learn from them. Yep. And the way you learn from them, like second chances are not given, they're earned and you show receipts. And I think he showed his receipts, at least in his apology on Twitter, apologizing on air, acknowledging it in the moment. I don't love like I know he made the joke about his daughters criticizing criticizing him. People but like, do not love that at all. And you got to know, like, dude, you don't have to have daughters to respect women. Like, right. please, that stop. can't be the crutch that you use. Is no, I have a black friend. Exactly, it's exactly. That's what it is. I'm not, not going to say it's the same thing because, like, I'm a white woman and I totally no, get that. But you know what I'm saying? But yeah, no, same energy. I'm not racist. Like, I have a black friend. Exactly. You just did a horribly racist thing. It <laughs> like, doesn't excuse. And 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 again, like him apologizing yeah. doesn't make. This is what really drives me nuts because we've talked about this a little bit. And the feedback I notice I get is like, 
you know, if, if, if I criticize the comment that James made, which I think we can do, it was like you said, that was wrong. It was a massive what he said fuck was up on a massive stage. Incorrect. Yes. He messed up and yes. he owned it and that's fine. Yeah. But even in saying that, people were coming at me on Twitter like, oh, well, obviously he meant this. Did he? I'm sorry. Are we giving him the benefit of the doubt just uh, like automatically? No, you have to earn that. We can acknowledge that what he said was wrong because it was mm-hmm. and also not throw him under the bus as a human being. But I think the bigger issue and I think why a lot of people reacted so strongly to this is because all friggin' tournament we have been dealing with Cristiano Ronaldo becomes the first player to score in five straight World Cups. No, the fuck he is not. (laughs) Marta and Christine St. Clair did it before him. So many of these problems could just be fixed if if whoever was tweeting it or saying it or publishing it put men's men's. first. All you have to do is say men. That, and 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 it's so we have dealt with this for so long of women's sports being the other of men's sports being the norm. We have the, the world hockey championships and, and the, the women's, women's world, world hockey, hockey championships. championships. So one Start is a default. Saying men's, yeah. Right? Like, be, I think they have I, over the last they couple have, years. They have yes, but it's not, not totally caught on. Not but, but not, not in this context. No, you're right. No, and you're and right. not and FIFA. And how many times did we have to correct people over the last few weeks because they the first even the Alfonso Davies goal was labeled the first. Canadian, Canadian goal. World Cup yes. goal. I'm sorry. A, a women's team has been doing it for seven straight World Cups. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, James caught himself in a situation where people were already sick of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they just jumped right on him. And and again, I stand by the fact that what he said was wrong doesn't make him the a bad person. Criticism for that comment is fair. Exactly. And, and I think that he's like... He's done his time. Like, like he, I shouldn't say he's done his time, but like he apologized. We can move on, but we can also acknowledge the wider systemic issue of the fact that this tournament has proven that, unfortunately, women's the women's tournament and women's sports in general are just always going to be tr- or they are treated and not always right. They are treated like the other, and we need to keep correcting that until that changes. Mm-hmm. Okay, my turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, ditto. That's all. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I I completely like genuinely I completely agree with everything Michaela just said mostly because we've been talking about it like ad nauseum for the past two weeks Um, yeah I I don't I think he was unfairly vilified truly I do Mm -hmm. because he really like he got torn apart in the Twitter circles that I find myself in um, you know I, I follow a lot of American sports women sports fans and journalists and and the americans picked up on it without knowing who james duffy is at all and i think that does help like having some context into who he is like he is one of you know the greatest sports broadcasters we have in this country and he's been around forever and ever and and we've seen him do the women's world cup as the host we've seen like i'm yeah i believe he respects these things exactly it's not like i don't think he is a bad person i don't think i think he was genuinely unfairly vilified by a lot of a lot of like Americans who picked up on it and people who don't know who he is Um, so like I think that was you know that was unfair but it still goes to the fact that like men's sports are just considered the default the default default. thank you that's the word I was looking for and (laughs) that is that's that is the issue at hand here is that's what we need to address I was having a conversation with a man. I won't I won't out him um in this podcast, but he was saying that um I was I was saying that, you know, Christine Sinclair is has the most international goals and he said, Well, it's different though. It's like the men's and the women's game is so different. 
fine. Fine. You know what? If you want to believe that, if you want to believe that they're apples and oranges, then then qualify them as that. Then say the men's yes. and the women's. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be men as the default and women as the other, as Michaela said. Yeah. Oh. And if I could just add to that. Please do. I think the reason he was unfairly vilified, which is absolutely correct, is because I just think we're all so hypersensitive to this because we've mm-hmm. been dealing with it for so long. Yeah. Sure, and I think there's a fair reaction. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like it. what he said was not the most egregious thing in the world, but was it a little bit of the straw that broke the camel's back? Right. Probably. Right. And to do it. With Janine Becky two seats away That's from him. The, the side eye from Janine oh. Becky, though. Oh, mwah. The but look she, she gave she him held, was... She held, like, she, she kept yeah. composed, yep. but there was a look in her The eye look, for it. sure, yeah. was... And again, like, you could also freeze frame any one of us on camera, and of we'd course. probably look like we were scowling at somebody. So, like, I, I genuinely don't think... But, but that image was just hilarious. Mm-hmm. And she did, when he corrected himself, she went, she was, thank you, James. Yes. Like, she was very... She was gracious, mm-hmm. but she also made a point. It wasn't a... Yep shying away from this yes. kind of gracious it was yeah you should have apologized mm-hmm. and i accept your apology mm-hmm. but again, yes you needed to do that <laughs> i feel like i might be um belaboring the point here but even the fact that if if Janine and becky hadn't have been gracious that wouldn't have been the issue yeah but, we, but no, someone right. would have made it the issue you're right. mm-hmm. someone would have been like janine you should have been professional not no. james you should have <laughs> thought before you spoke mm-hmm. and again it just speaks to how we always vilify the woman first and we don't actually vilify <laughs> the dude first but like I, I, again like i guess my only point with that was everyone else flipped out she didn't yeah, like she, she was a professional. She was far more professional, far more classy than yeah. a lot of the other people. And she was the one who sat there and had to, in person, absorb that mm-hmm. bullshit mm-hmm. elbow that she just took. Taking mental stock of where her gold medal is currently <laughs> yeah. sitting. And like, okay, if that one goal, as they're getting their ass kicked in the group stage of their first World Cup in 36 years is the greatest moment in Canadian soccer history... How far down the list do we have to go before yeah. we do get to my gold medal at an we, Olympic Games? We like. genuinely had this conversation. I was like, I can think of three women's <laughs> yeah. soccer moments in the last decade that were bigger than that no offense to Alfonso. Those 2012 Olympics. Oh. The 2012 semifinals. Oh, that, yeah. how, to, okay. how to trigger no Michaela. No, we got we to draw a line. But, can but, we take a break? She needs a walk. <laughs> I will say like the 2012 semifinals, overnight Canada became a soccer nation. Yeah. Overnight women's soccer in particular became mm-hmm. Christine Sinclair became a household name. She became royalty here. That tw- as as hard as it is to bring up that 2012 semifinals changed our country it in did. terms of interest in soccer. And then beating the Americans in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics mm-hmm. was the gold medal within the gold medal. Mm-hmm. Right. Then the gold medal. The, the, those three moments, I think, no offense, Alfonso Davies, were bigger than mm-hmm. one goal. I can even of think course. of, of yeah. the women's Canadian team playing in the World Cup in Canada. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, that yep. is huge for any team to play, you know, your, to play your there's game, four. to play it well in the, there's four what? There's four moments right there. Oh, yeah, exactly. bigger than yeah. a round one goal. Like yeah. for any team, man or woman, to play at home, that is a big deal. That deserves to be in a in a top five list. And they did that. They hosted and and I watched it and it was great. Yes. <laughs> that, that 2012 Olympics I've talked about before, I no one in my family could, you know, a day earlier could have possibly cared less about soccer, men's or women's. It just, it was 35 degrees outside. We're at the lake. The TV's not getting turned on today. And then for whatever reason, we turn on the 
the semifinal, everybody's glued to it. And then the next day, everyone, everybody else left. My dad and I come in from the dock and go turn on the bronze medal game and watch like, it was like a flicking a light switch, right? Yeah. We're watching this game today. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're, we're fans. Right. Now. Like any yeah. other big sporting event, we will be there for this. And mm-hmm. that that would never have been the case. Uh, before that, mm-hmm. I probably hadn't watched a full soccer game since 2002. I think it was junior women's worlds in Edmonton. Yes, that was a huge like moment. That. Yeah. yeah and the they made it to the gold medal game at that. And I remember we watched that as well. But that's a decade earlier. Yeah. So these are the sorts of events that get people watching and get people talking about it. And look, neither, I don't think anyone here wanted to pile on James Duthie, but this was worth Mm -hmm. referencing. And like I said, to me, maybe the most important thing that I took away from that, believing that he respects women's sports, believing that he's good at his job, believing that he's not a bad person it just rolled right off his tongue like it was nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah. is the default. And yep. to me, that's just such an indicator of how far we still have of to go. society. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. I guess before we move off this, we should probably address the uh, the Don Lemon situation there. Uh, former, well, I guess he's still, still current. He's still current Something. for now. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, of, uh, of CNN. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you walk us through what happened? So, yeah. And this is, again... This is why I think people are so sensitive to situations like James Duthie's, right? Um, Because people, and I'm sure that people listening to this or listening to our show will make this argument. Well, women's soccer doesn't make any money. Well, the men's soccer makes more money. Well, women's sports is just not a good business decision. And that's what Don, essentially what Don Lemon said in much harsher words. Um, You know, this is a capitalist thing. You have to go with what's going to make you more money. If there is more interest in a men's sport, the business people, the people who make money off of sports, will put that on television because we live in a capitalist society. And if people are interested in that, then there would be more attention and more money would be paid. So it's about the money. But here's Caitlin, the thing, and this word. is the point that I have that I was making that goes to that, which is why is that what people are watching? It's because it's what they're used to watching. Why is it because it's what they're used to watching? Because men were putting men's sports on TV yes. way before women's sports. Yes. So it's the systemic institutionalized okay. thing. It's no, I'm not saying they are just more interested no, in it. But it's, but why are they more, but you're missing my point. Why are they more interested? Because men's sports has been around longer. People have been paying attention to it more. There have been these amazing female sports stars that have only become household names in recent decades. That's the point. And I'm saying if, it, if they had both started at the exact same point, they both received the same amount of marketing and promotion and all that stuff. And then we got to where we are today, that would be a different yeah, Guess point. what? Media, big media giants, I, I big advertisers. This is an, another opportunity to put the money where your mouth is. I don't believe that's accurate. I respect your point. And I hear what you're saying. I don't believe that's accurate. We live in a capitalist society. And if people can make money off of whatever it is, they are going to exploit it. And there is a reason. And once part, I'm sure it's part of what you are saying. And it's part of what you're saying. And these are conversations that we need to have. But I just think that Can I, we I just think that we are lying to ourselves if we believe that someone cannot sit here and speak the truth to can I read you a, what we're Can I read you a headline? About. This is yeah. a fact that my smart producer Annie gave me. Quote from Forbes, the fastest growing audiences on TV are for women's sports. Growing. 
But that's because the ad dollars go. You're missing the point. They're coming. They're starting coming at a later starting point than men's sports were. That's the whole point here. And that just, <laughs> I it grinds my gears to no end because, and th- there's so many issues with this argument that women's sports makes no money because it's factually untrue, mm-hmm. factually untrue. But it also perpetuates this idea that like, okay, women's sports doesn't make as much money as men's sports. Therefore, it's trash. Therefore, until it gets to the men's level, we cannot even give it a second chance. Mm-hmm. Ignoring the fact that this is a race where one participant started literal decades before the other participant. Mm -hmm. Women's soccer was illegal in England until the 70s. Do they like soccer in England? They kind of, they claim they invented it. According to that one commercial. According to that one commercial, they invented it. But as we know with the British, they tend to steal things. Yeah. So I don't know that they did, but it was. brought it home from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was illegal to, for women to play soccer in England until the 70s. And you're going to tell me that this is a fair race? Right. Come on, man. You look at the last year, the attendance records that we have seen broken in the NWSL. Repeatedly, almost back-to-back weeks, we had, mm-hmm. okay, here was one attendance record, and then literally the next day it was broken. We've had the Euros break attendance records over in Europe, 70, 80, 90,000 people mm-hmm. in the stands. Um, the the women travels to England to play they at Wembley. They sold out Wembley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sold out Wembley Which for hasn't a been done friendly. since SummerSlam 92. <laughs> <laughs> for Bar- a friendly. Yes. Barcelona uh, sold out a uh, semifinal against Real Madrid on a weeknight. Mm. 91,000, over 91,000 people on a weeknight. That to me is the wildest. That, 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 honestly, a weeknight school night? Are you kidding me? <laughs> The, the women's zeros had Even a Michaela two, wouldn't have gone. That's, well, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure I would have found a way. For this, yeah. For this, yeah. The women's zeros had a cumulative viewership of 365 million people, and 87,000 people were in attendance for those finals between England and Germany. The U.S. women's national team versus Netherlands in 2019 had a 20 million viewer, 20 million viewers in the U.S. alone. The U.S. Women's National Team versus Japan in 2015 had 23 million viewers in the U.S. alone. If you would like a little context, the Stanley Cup final in the United States draws about 4 million. There you go. There you go. (laughs) The men's team, the U.S. men's team played the Netherlands a couple days ago. They drew 16 million people. That's still less than the women's team. And do not tell me for a second that the promotion for these three games was equal. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Not even close. This is the thing. We're not comparing apples to apples. And even if we were... Women's sports still holds up. Women's soccer in particular still mm-hmm. holds up, but we're not. Mm-hmm. These two, the, the men's soccer and women's soccer do not receive anywhere near the same promotion. And you bet your ass I'm taking notes on every single <laughs> thing that Canada has done to promote its men's team in this FIFA Women's FIFA Men's World Cup. And we better be expecting the exact same thing in 2023. There's this constant argument that there's no financial benefit to invest in women's sports when UEFA recently reported that women's soccer could be worth roughly $698 million in annual commercial revenue. I'm not good at math. That's a lot of fucking money. Can We're going to run out of number fingers. again? $698 million in annual commercial revenue. That is six times its current value. And therein lies the problem. Women's soccer is repeatedly undervalued. FIFA already has admitted that they underestimated the interest for the 2023 World Cup. And they have constantly run into problems with selling tickets. Because they themselves don't even understand how popular 
women's soccer is. Selling tickets in terms of they their the demand is so high that the software yeah. does not work. The website <laughs> keeps going down because they cannot keep up with it's like the demand. Like when Taylor puts out her, her tickets, uh, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly the system. Yeah. And the system is the infrastructure is there. They do it for the men's team, the men's side every four years, and they can't do the same for the women's side. And finally, on, just on the financial thing, in 2019, jersey sales for the U.S. women's national team outpaced all other U.S. soccer jerseys, including the men's team. And at the time, it was the number one selling jersey, men or women's, ever sold on oh. Nike.com. My goodness. Interest is there. Women's <sighs> sports is a good investment. And yet, repeatedly, we hear people like Don Lemon flippantly make remarks mm-hmm. that, oh, there's no money in women's sports. Really? Because I just listed a million different ways where there very <laughs> much, in million. fact, is money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stop. We, we need to start calling this shit out because it just so blatantly happens. Every time someone says something about the WNBA players being paid fairly, fairly, some guy on a podcast who's never watched a WNBA game in his <laughs> life tells me why they don't deserve money, why that's not the case. Bro, I you hate, just I got hate here. hate those guys on podcasts. They hate those <laughs> fucking dudes on podcasts. Bro, you just got here. Yeah. There, there is, look at like everything I just listed. Everything that women's sports, women's soccer in particular has accomplished has been done in spite of rampant sexism, discrimination, abuse of its players, lack of resources, lack of funding, lack of marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Imagine what it could do with some of those things. <laughs> it, like, look at what it's done in the face of mm-hmm. of people blatantly trying to hold it back. Mm-hmm. It's just this argument doesn't hold up anymore, and it, it, it drives me absolutely nuts. Okay, I'm done, I'm done now. <laughs> no, I love it. That's maybe the most passionate rant we've had on this show in a very, very long time. There's not much more I can say to that. I agree with absolutely everything she just said. We do share like one mind it's most of true. the time. Um, it's like a high at mind best, mentality. At this point on your Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, combined, this yeah. Day, yeah. Combined one mind. We're sharing maybe. one brain cell at this point. Um, but just to further the point, a little bit with regards specifically to Don Lemon and not just all uninformed men. But Don Lemon sounds like I very highly recommend if anyone wants to get their blood pressure up um, to watch this video. Yeah. He's sitting there. He, he's he been moved because he wasn't very good at his nighttime slot. Um, they had that to move accurate. him. Yeah, they moved him up to the morning. So now he's sitting there between Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins, who have both worked very hard to get where they are. And he was just dropped there um, in the middle of them. And they the patience that these two women yeah. have to deal with him is insane. But he sits there as a man who uh, I firmly believe he's never watched a women's soccer game in his life. But I don't think he's even watched a men's soccer game. I think this is a man who is so uninformed in sports in general. Just by the way he's talking, he should not. Just because you are a news person doesn't mean you know all of the things. He's good at politics, I guess, but he should not be talking about sports. This is a man who is completely uninformed about sports, specifically women's sports, and he should not be able to use this platform anyway to smash it. And uses it in such an egregious way that you want to smash him in the face. And <sighs> one last thing I'll mention, I promise, and then <laughs> I'm all done. all right. No, but this is... I read an article on, it was actually, I think someone shared it in, in response to the Don Lemon situation, mm-hmm. but Forbes recently published something that um, highlighted the fact that the fastest growing audiences on TV are for women's sports. TV audiences are declining. Mm-hmm. People aren't watching TV anymore. No. But somehow the one area that continues to see exponential growth is women's women's sports. 
81% increase in viewership for women's March Madness last year versus 18% increase in viewership for the men's. The WNBA saw 171% increase in viewership for the finals in game one, and the NWSL saw, wait for it, 453% increase in viewership (laughs) for its championship game. The MLS Cup only grew by 15 so not only is women's sports growing exponentially at a time where people are not watching TV, it's gr- it's outpacing men's sports in terms of its growth. And that, like again, just further proof that, yeah, when you say no one cares about women's sports, it's bullshit. It's, a- it's, it's, it's factually incorrect. People care very much. I mean, look at us. People care <laughs> about yeah. women's sports. It's just that it can be very difficult to find women's sports. Yes. That is one of, that is the biggest roadblock in, in if being it's on, a I'll women's watch it. sports. Exactly. If it's on, I'll watch it. I say that about so many things. Of course. If darts the time is I turn, on, I'll watch it because well, it's just there. 140. <laughs> <laughs> if darts is on and there's nothing else on in the middle of the day and I've got TSN running in the background, I'll watch it. Sure. But you need to put, that's a whole other side. Sure. Like, you need to put women's sports on when people are watching TV. You well, need to put women's sports on TV, It's period. just default, right? I'll, Half the time I flip on the TV, and because I watched the Leafs last night, it's still on Sportsnet. Yeah. And so today, at 2 p.m. on a Saturday, the first, oh, it's Bruins versus Hurricanes. All right. Like, You're going to keep it on. I didn't even flip the channel. There was a hockey game on there. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty good chance if it had been a women's hockey game or a, what? all right, right? Like, some yeah. of it is just discoverability. It's got to just yep. be there. You can't make people go search for it because exactly. we're all lazy at this point and everything's supposed to just be there. And sometimes you don't even know what you're searching That's for. what I mean. Yeah. I, just, I turn the TV on search. and here's a sport. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in. Uh, sure. Like and that. I think as sports fans, we don't always understand how much of what we care about is because we're told to care about it. Mm-hmm. Like, Mitch Marner's uh, 19 game point streak. Oh, we're not going to turn this into a slander Ah, Hear me out. I'm not not going to slander Mitch. But do you think any person who was following along this point streak knew about the point streak because they went to hockey reference and they counted his point streak? I absolutely do not think that. No, they were told. (laughs) We were told repeatedly in coverage, in promotions, in highlights. So actually, and 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 therefore you're watching, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's it's a great point. Women's sports needs to be easier to stumble upon. We've said that for years. Mm -hmm. A lot of this increase that I just mentioned is quite literally because they just put the sports on TV. Mm -hmm. Right now. We we still need more of that. It's still not enough. There's like 50% of WNBA games that are not broadcast, which is wild to me. But now we also need to see more increase in highlights and coverage so mm-hmm. that, you know, you turn on a WNBA game. It's like, okay, who am I watching? You know, Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird playing for the last time last year. That Yes, there is my token Sue Bird reference. <laughs> that was a huge moment. And, and yeah, like I knew about it because I looked into it. But like you would think that most sports highlight packages and, and highlight shows would have at least mentioned two of the greatest female basketball players of all time facing mm-hmm. off for the last time. Right. So much of what we care about as sports fans is because we're told about these storylines right. and we're told to look out for it. And we need more of that in women's sports. Mm-hmm. Preach. I love it. And now I'm done. I promise. <laughs> oh, man. This is just like one or two phrases. It's something you could just throw out there and you would not be done. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, fair. Yeah. That's fair. You guys know me pretty well <laughs> at this point. But it's all legit. And, and just before we move off soccer, I want to ask, because you referenced several rants ago that you have taken <laughs> notes. And I'm calling them rants. They're they're, rant. they're rant-ish, but they're not unfounded. They're not <laughs> without basis. Um, 
you referenced that you have been keeping notes and you tweeted this a while ago as well, mm-hmm. that you have been paying attention to everything that has gone into promoting this men's World Cup team. And there is a women's World Cup next year and that you expect to see the exact same or you yeah, demand or to see the exact same. <laughs> Do we actually, I'll be honest. And again, I'm throwing myself out here in the interest of being shot down. I thought the last women's world, uh, I guess not the last, the one that was in Canada, I thought got tremendous coverage. I thought media in Canada uh, gave it the respect it deserved. I thought that faded a bit in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have shown or we have seen that they're capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. Do you expect that with the high that Canadian soccer is on right now, coming off an Olympic gold medal, coming off the men getting in, um, that we will actually see increased coverage, increased interest, all these sorts of things heading into the Women's World Cup, or will they revert to their disappointing ways of the past? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) That's a very good question. I mean, I think we, 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 Michaela and I, and I think most women's sports fan, women's women's soccer fans, um, do expect the same, if not better. And I I guess I'm 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 doing that man thing. (laughs) Expect, as in, I expect you to get home in time for dinner, or is it? I expect, like I predict, that they will. I think this word, maybe I've chosen the word. I don't. I I'm not predicting anything because I genuinely it's. I don't want to predict anything, but as maybe there's got to be a better word to use. (laughs) I think we, we want it and we will hold, we will try our very best to hold the people in charge accountable to it Mm -hmm. to, and, and when I say that, I mean, we have the Twitter handle of the communications director (laughs) of the, or the social media, I think director of soccer Canada. Like I will hound him yeah um yeah we well, even had yeah. that dude i'm not gonna to name his name but <laughs> i expect me to mention a lot next june and july hell yeah stephanie yeah. Labe called them out of the number for the number of posts that they they mm-hmm. canada soccer shared before the men's world cup first game versus what they got before the olympics and the the women's world cup mm-hmm. yeah like the pessimist side of me is is like i'm gonna be mad yeah I are, I'm pr- a little pre-mad, and that when I say I'm taking notes, that's because I am pre-mad. It's because I know that I'm. I we have to do these right. things because right. we have to hold, we have to hold our broadcasters to a high. And I, I include like our broadcasters. We work for the one you work for. The, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I understand that. Like I have, you know, I'm paid by one of these organizations. Sure. Not like you know, it's not my full time job, but like I think that as fans. We have to demand more coverage. I think we've s- seen that the appetite is there. Yeah. You showed and I think us at this you point, can devote this. Exactly. At this point, if we see the 2023 Women's World Cup not get the same level of coverage that the 2022 Men's World Cup did here in Canada, we know why. Yeah. We know that they are capable of promoting it. Mm-hmm. We know they are capable of airing every game. We know they are capable of covering it in highlight shows and sending people there and mm-hmm. having panels and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We know the infrastructure is in place, and if you don't do it, we know why. Mm-hmm. Where is the, the 2023 World Cup? New Zealand, New Zealand, oh, and Australia. Sorry, I shouldn't have answered that. Terrible I knew, I knew television. You had, sorry, I knew you had a better. Sorry, 
Can we get Vanessa to do an entire show <laughs> in her Australian accent? Because it is could. my favorite thing in the world. I've been listening a lot lately to a show called The Lady Vanishes. It's a podcast about a woman who vanished in 1990, 19, 1997, I think. Um, and so now, because I've been listening to it so much... My thoughts, my internal thoughts in my head are in an Australian. How were you not born there? <laughs> like, it comes so naturally to you. That is so impressive. The Australian accent is so hard to nail yeah. down. Well, New-, New Zealand is even harder. Yeah, there you go. Harder. <laughs> yeah. It's almost Boston. <laughs> Oh, because uh, see, most Canadians, when they try and do the Aussie, it keeps drifting into the British. Yes. And, yeah, I get but that. I so find man. the, now you have it nailed down, but I find the Aussie accent is like the British accent, but with a lot of question marks. Yes. Like that's. They end very high. Always. Right. Yeah. All their sentences yeah. and kind of high, mate. And you're just like. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, we need an entire episode okay. of that. I'll work on it a bit more. Oh, we'll just finish this one. <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You asked oh. where uh, the world's cup right. is next year, and it is in Australia. Okay. Um, which is going to be a bit of a problem. I was Mikhail just groaning I... about that. That's yeah. terrible yeah. time slots. Except That's... not actually. There is one game that is going to be a bit of an issue. So the very first game that Canada plays, because we already know their first three games. Right. Um, and they are playing across Australia. I think all three of the of Team Canada's uh, group stage games are in Australia, not mm-hmm. New Zealand. And but Australia has like three or four different time zones. It's much like Canada; it's very large. Yes. Um. So I think they play one. Anyways, their first one is at eight thirty at night. So that one oh, is very manageable. Very manageable. Very manageable. Yeah. Prime time TV. Even for it's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little late, but it's fine. And then there's one. The next one is at seven thirty in the morning. Oh, yeah. Hook it up. Hook veins. that to her veins. <laughs> oh, I, that's the good stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need some coffee, but I think yeah. I can do it. Yeah. And then the third game. So I was telling Michaela, I said, Michaela, the third game is at four o'clock in the morning, no. and she said, "Great, I'll stay up early at the. Or, I'll no, early. I'll get up early at the same time that I said. I <laughs> I'll guess stay I'll stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be a fun game to. You guys will meet in the middle yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. are, and and maybe I'll. Uh, reveal too much on the show but we are looking at maybe mm-hmm. trying to do a watch party mm-hmm. of some sort we don't know what it'll look like where Not it'll be it might be in my basement who knows um yeah for the 4 a.m one specifically <laughs> yeah. that'll we, be the most fun one i that'll think be off the rail yeah. it'll just be wild <laughs> well i'll be with vanessa on the stay upside i'm not Perfect. getting up it you, my watch head sports with not... michaela and vanessa would be a great show because really we are even our texts back and forth uh, during these games are just unhinged <laughs> so like you need to watch sports with us guys most I'm, of the texts back and forth it's like i hate this sport i hate this. oh my god i love this word yeah, so it's much. just back and forth. I hate my life. I want to die. This is the greatest <laughs> moment of my life. Why do we do this to ourselves? Oh, my God. And then just, like, happy tear emojis, bunch of those. And incoherent. Yeah. I'm a Leaf fan. I've only yeah. seen the other side. Uh-huh. I hate this sport. The, why do I do this to myself? I never get the happy tear emoji. Why do I watch sports? Stress relief, mostly. <laughs> yes, exactly. If um, you want those happy tears, watch Team Canada. There you Women's. Go. I, Yes. Not so much the men. <laughs> Are you kidding? I got to see the greatest moment in Canadian soccer history. Oh, it was a one nothing goal bye. 67 seconds into a preliminary <laughs> game they lost. 4-1. It was a oh. it was 4-1. Yeah. Oh, it was, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even it's put always that together. 4-1. I'm sorry, oh. Matt. That's a trigger score for you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, but I look, I I I would stop short of saying I'm optimistic. Mhm. 
but purely out of greed, I believe these companies have seen soccer's hot right now and that they may give this a better look than they have in, in previous women's world cups because there's money to be made and so not optimistic, but hopeful. That's about where I yeah. was. That's, yeah. But that's fair. I will for all this. the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah no, that's fair. <laughs> They're just and hey, if they go for, if they do it for money, you who know, cares so why you do it? it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's exactly why <laughs> yeah. they do it with men's sports. Do yeah. it for money. Oh, I don't course. care. Yeah. yeah. Acknowledge the money's there is my thing. Um, I want to send a message to Canada soccer if I could real quick. Right. <laughs> uh, between now and 2023, please make it easier to buy uh, Christine Sinclair jerseys. Please like, come on. Please make it easier to buy any Canadian player jersey. Yes. Um, Was it not Sinclair who do. said this week she can't find her own yeah. jersey uh, to give is, to her niece? Yeah, that is a very common refrain that we hear from every Team Canada women. <laughs> gotta go into my you know own bag and give it to After the women's team won a Olympic gold, <laughs> we bought a poster. That yeah. was the thing they sold on CanadaSoccer.com. Yeah. A poster <laughs> that I framed and put in my basement, obviously. Um, and two scarves. Mm. Like two scarves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm. Thanks so I much. I would literally give one of my kidneys to have a Janine Becky. Let's talk off here. Team Canada. <laughs> <laughs> to have a Team Canada. Um Janine Becky Canadian jersey. What am I trying to say? It's been a long time. I don't know. I'm stuck on the kidney thing. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh no. Matt's like, I'll take one. Yeah. I don't know how giving it's going to help, but I'll take it. (laughs) I'm only making that joke because we're so close. Yeah, no. I hope you're okay. I I started it. I put it out there. We're all good. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh no, that's problematic. it's, It's all right. That's all right. We're off the rails here. And that's one of those things that happens on this podcast reasonably often. Uh, why don't we move to talking about the winner of this year's Northern Star Award. <gasps> yes. And uh, I want to, I think we're going to talk about this year's winner, but I want to be careful not to end up too far down the debate of the other mm. candidates and stuff as we have another show in a couple weeks, which will be focused on Canadian athlete of the year. So let's talk about this year. The, for those who don't know, the Northern star used to be the Lou Marsh. Um, we found out, or we probably knew for a while, but just did nothing about it. That, uh, Lou Marsh was maybe not a great dude. And, uh, so we finally gave up and, and changed the name of the award to the Northern star award. I'll be honest, that name's Stinks. I, I hate it. Yeah. I yeah. have to think at somewhere out there you could have found another athlete who didn't stink and named it after them. Just call right. it the Christine Sinclair Award. Yeah, all right. Yeah. See, fair yeah. enough. Um, oh, my God. So Northern we did find out that this year's Canadian Athlete of the Year, Marie-Philippe Poulain. <laughs> Clearly, we're very happy about it. <laughs> yeah. I think a pretty deserving winner after yep. uh, it, it's it's interesting in Olympic years because we often end up going into sports that don't get celebrated in non-Olympic years, right? And hockey often gets overrepresented, but not necessarily women's hockey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Marie-Philippe Poulain, as she often does, showed up and dominated another gold medal game at an Olympics and and kind of... Um, you know, reasserted herself on a stage where we all knew she was capable of doing that. She's done it a hundred times before, but maybe hasn't gotten as weird as this sounds, the recognition she deserves, because I'm not sure what that amount actually is. Um, 
that was also coming off, I believe it was just last summer, 2021, that uh, we had the Women's Worlds where she scored in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I know that's not necessarily part of the 2022 Canadian Athlete of the Year, but she had continued to show at every opportunity, hey, I'm the best in the world at what I do. So what is our, obviously we're, we're excited, we're happy. Um, you know, what was the case in your minds that, that put her over the top as the one that, that stood out to be given this award this year? And I know I've sort of handcuffed you by not going too far into it, but what do we think of, of her winning it this year? Very happy. I'll admit, I saw a couple of tweets earlier this week um, about like who's going to get it. I, I like even like clicked a poll yep. on, I think TSN posted one about who who is it going to be. And she wasn't even on the list. I think it was like Oof. Felix, uh, Felix Ojealiasim, yeah. uh, Brooke Henderson, who I voted for. Right. Because um, she won her second major this year. Yep. Um, and somebody else I can't remember. And Alfonso then there was like, Davies an, was oh, Alfonso there, Davies. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so like, again, legit, like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a been legit a, it's option. Did get it yeah. like a year or two ago though? Remember we talked about this and he lost it to. Oh, um, Laurent Tardif. Yes, that's right. And, oh yes. And we kind of had the debate, you know, you could call Tardif man of the year, but the whole reason we gave him athlete of the year was because he didn't play his sport so mm-hmm. that he could go and work in hospitals. Like he's a, a doctor. Right. And, and to me, all of the praise all of the whatever, but you kind of took the year off in terms of being an athlete and and that was sort of, that gets into semantics in terms of how you debate the award. Yeah. Yeah. And given the context of the year, I don't think like. Yeah. I think everyone got it. It was was a weird time. It was a dark age. But yeah, Marie (laughs) Philippe kind of came out of, like, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but even for me, I was a little surprised. Yeah. But But then you think of it and it's like, oh, it makes complete sense. This woman won so much over like in one calendar year. She won two or in 369 days. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> she won two world championships mm-hmm. and an Olympic gold. And when she well, won Well, actually, gold, they weren't all in 2022. Oh, God. Am I going right. to really have to hear that? Um, I can hear people making that be the well, actually. I hate it. Um, when when the Beijing Olympics happened, which I completely often forget, were this calendar that, this year. This calendar year, we wild, had an Olympic Games. Wild to yeah. me. This is because they the all happened in the middle of ever. the night. And I'm so tired. <laughs> it's been, for sports, sports fans are very tired. Yeah. Um, when she scored the overtime or the the game winner, and mm. it wasn't overtime, but the game winner in the the Beijing Olympics. Yeah. It, after that game, and since there's been since been a world championship, so this the stat was accurate before that, but. In the la- every single gold medal game that Canada had played in where they won, they had scored 10 goals. Seven of those were scored by Marie-Philippe Marie <laughs> Poulet from 2010 to now. <laughs> that is astounding to me. Like, she, that's a passing grade on a test. That's a level of coming through for your team in the biggest moments it's that you just... It's unbelievable. That, that's 70%. That's 70%. Yeah. They're math. I just wanted to... <laughs> math. Look coming at through Vanessa strong, with her math. I did that with my head. <laughs> and the fact that... No, like, like she's the first women's hockey player to ever get this award. Is that it's true? Wild to me. Yeah, yeah. Ian Wick, Mendez tweeted it today. Wick never. How? My I am, how? 
You guys have I'm, heard enough from me today, surprised. so I'm going to put a pin in that I'm for a another episode. Lee Philippe Moulin hadn't won it before, to be honest. Well, exactly. <laughs> like you'd think, 2010, like she yeah. scored two goals, the only two goals in the gold medal game at the Vancouver Olympics. But no, we had to give it to Sydney Crosby because the golden goal. I get it. I get it. I'm not criticizing. Um, it sounded a you saw little. The goal. Like I did see the goal. I, ju- I leapt over my seat for that goal. 2014, she scored. I would have given it to Moulin that year just because she was what 18 at the time. Everyone she was, was pissed. It was like Everyone our first year on the team. Smoking cigars and drinking Ugh. beer on the ice. What, what a, an iconic what a moment. Pimp, what a legend. Right? Like, yeah. What a goddamn legend. I love that woman so much. I'm sorry, I'm banging her on the table a lot. On the twenty dollar bill. Put her on Canadian money. Let's do this. But 2014, the that that gold medal oh, goal, we awesome. all remember. Yeah, awesome. And she didn't get it then. And like I'm not discrediting any of the athletes who won it those years. Sure. But the fact that it took this long for Marie Philip Poulin, like I think, yeah, she 100% deserves it. Yes. She's deserved it for a while. Mm-hmm. She's only 31 years old. We have so much of her career left, and we need to take advantage of it and enjoy it now because she's she's in her prime, mm-hmm. and she's been doing this for 10 years, 12 years. Let me tell you, when you hit 33, everything hurts. Oh, girl, so. down, no. <laughs> and I will mention, just because we have to, we should, not that I have to, but we, we should. This weekend, the PWHPA... All star game. I was is in there. Ottawa, it's and Marie Philippe Poulain yeah. is gonna be there, and yes. you can watch her on TSN. On TSN, on TSN? Yeah. Vanessa don't, and I will be there. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. just drop it. Like this is one of those things that <laughs> yeah. TSN has stepped up for. They're gonna broadcast on Saturday and Sunday the uh, the whole deal. It looks pretty cool. But like without a women, a professional women's league, mm-hmm. there are two, all she has is <laughs> all she has. Really, there are two ginormous platforms yep. for women's You're hockey, right. yeah. and that is the women's worlds. And the Olympics, and she won both of those this year. Yep, that's that's yeah. a big year. That's a career year. That's a, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even though even though she didn't score the game winner in the World <laughs> Championship, she still won gold. Yeah, right. right? And was instrumental in Slack the win. Ass. It's not yeah, like honestly. <laughs> Get Brianne Jenner to dominate another gold medal game. <laughs> and Loser. While all this is going on, she's also working for the Montreal Canadiens, mm-hmm. and she's also playing. Yeah, it's a strike against hey. actually. Hey, I will leave. Leave. Goodbye. She's also playing for the PWHPA, and in doing so, is advocating and working towards building that professional league. So yeah. she's done all this stuff off the ice, too, to further the sport, which I think plays into her being an athlete, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's still part of what she does as an athlete. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, did she deserve it in other years? Yeah, you could have made a case. I Kelly Humphreys she... and Sidney Crosby also deserved it. Yep. So, like, you know, it's hard to mm-hmm. make the argument against them. But sure, it's I think not. Scott and Tessa won it one year. I think mm-hmm. we it, like... it's not that, like, oh, she deserved it. I don't even think you can make the case that she deserved it more in other years no. because, yeah, she she won a gold medal and an, and a world championship this year. I don't think we could have said that in any other year because Canada has sucked in the world championships for a long time. So, like, she did both of those this year, plus everything I mentioned. Like, this is a banger year for her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, absolutely she deserved it. I, again, has she done a lot in her career? Yeah, absolutely. Are there more other years she could have got it? Absolutely. Right. Did she deserve it any less this year because of that? No. Mm-mm. Certainly wouldn't say deserved it less this year. I just thought maybe there were other years where there were other years more. where she would have deserved it as well. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In addition to, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be in here in a couple weeks to join us. We'll do the Brew Marsh Awards. Does that need to be renamed? Probably the yeah. North 
Yeah, what Ooh. the North Bar? The bo- there it is. There. <laughs> I don't the know. North it's bar. all right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Let's just call it what we want it to be called: the Christine Sinclair. Okay. <laughs> all right, the uh, Christine Sinclair Award for Best Canadian Athlete, as voted on by craft beer drinkers in this room. Exactly. <laughs> um. Wait, craft beer drinkers in this room. Oh, okay. So I don't get a vote. No. Nope. Mm, sorry. No, sorry. Learn to drink bubbles. Register to vote. <laughs> yeah. Register to vote. That means crack a beer. <laughs> All right. We're off the rails. Oh, my God. We officially lost it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm sorry, Matt. It's all right. We'll collect ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa and I are the two people who you say, like at a family reunion, they can't sit together. And we say, yeah. no, 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 we're good. We're good. We're we can sit we'll, together. We'll be good. And then at, this, at some point, this happens. And here we are. Oh, man. We anyway. used to have, there was a brief period where my youngest sister and I weren't allowed to sit together at Thanksgiving <laughs> because it was essentially those. Uh, uh, you know, on the Muppets, the two old guys in the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> or mo- Marley. Yeah. Mar- Marley. Making our way down the table, picking people apart one by one. And just really just only. roasting them. Really only making each other laugh. But That's just, great. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. It, it happens. I don't even remember what the hell else we were supposed to talk about right. on this episode of the show. There was another topic, I know. Uh, I guess the last thing we should touch on here before we wrap things up were Carrie Price. And his bad, bad, very bad week um, really started by himself, uh, his own fault. Um, this this gets into a few different things. Uh, the Canadian Parliament is voting on and working through a bill to limit certain types of guns. I don't really want to get into the politics of it. There's some people who say that they've way overreached in terms of taking away hunting weapons and these sorts of things. Of course, the other side says we're just looking to stop people from getting shot up. You can think what you want about that. It's neither here nor there to this debate. Carrie Price decides to weigh in um, and shares a, was it a tweet, I guess? Mm, or a, Instagram post. An Instagram post from uh, the Canadian Firearms CFR supporters, something. Something like that. <laughs> that essentially is 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 working and lobbying on behalf of gun owners then and stating that this this bill is an overreach. And again, you're entitled to an opinion on that, but this is also an organization that has a bit of a checkered past um, to the point where they used, and this will become incredibly relevant here in a moment, uh, a four-letter promo code to buy merchandise off their website and the promo code was uh, Polly, P-O-L-Y, uh, just before the anniversary of the Ecole Polytechnique uh, shooting happened, I believe it was in 89, where a man went in, shot and killed 14 women strictly because they were women. And Carey Price decides he's, I have no idea whether he knows the backstory of this organization or not, um, but maybe you just don't share their stuff if you're not, or maybe you do if you are. And uh, it's in Montreal, of course. He's a legendary Montreal Canadiens player, and he decides to get on board with them and and make this comment and and you know stand up against this bill uh, in the days leading up to the anniversary of the Polytechnique massacre. 
And so obviously he gets himself into some hot water and his first defense is to say, I didn't know that was a thing I'd never heard of. Ecole Polytechnique, whatever. This is after 15 years of being part of the Montreal Canadiens organization. This is a huge thing that we talk about every year. And certainly in Quebec, they do. He realizes that's the wrong approach and circles back with another statement a day later that says, actually, I did know about it. Uh, but you know, I, I, I stand with gun owners, but I also am respectful of, you know, the occasion, uh, maybe the timing wasn't good, but he's sort of all over the map here and it's sort of led people to wonder what this guy is trying to say. What side is he really on? He, he made himself pretty clear at first and then all of a sudden backpedaled. Uh, is there any, before I hand it to you guys to comment or, or take and run, is there a, any details I've left out? Have I, anything else that, that is, is, is noteworthy here before we kind of tee off on it? I think those are the facts of yeah. the case. Yeah. 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 Of the case. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm about to argue oh, this no. one. <laughs> so what do we think of, at this point, a guy who was untouchable in Montreal, mm-hmm. right? A legend, a, a guy that Montrealers absolutely adored. Uh, he's picked a terrible moment to step out and show himself to, you know, either be horribly ignorant or I don't even know what the other option would be. I, uninformed. I, what do we think? Oh, Matt, I I'm going to do some swearing. Do it because I feel really take it and run. I'm I'm not going to harp on it too much because this really is like I know it gets into politics and and mm-hmm. you know he and I are fundamentally at opposite ends so it would seem. of the political spectrum. I can tell just from that one post about guns that we believe very different things. Um, this is the the thing in this entire story that upsets me the most. Believe what you want about guns and, you know, fight for your rights, which having a gun is not a right in Canada. That mm-hmm. is an American Second Amendment, but that is not a right in Canada. But anyway, not going to get into politics. Um, whatever the case is there, the sheer fact that he denied that he knew that he didn't know, denied knowing about the the polytechnic shooting in 1989 is fucking bullshit. I have defended Carey Price in my lifetime quite a bit. I do love the Montreal Canadiens. I was born into a Habs household and Carey Price is one of those guys that we have held on a pedestal for a very long time. Like a lot of us did. Like a lot of us. Even, even you know, even non-Habs non- fans have done it. Of course, another Olympic gold medal. Exactly. Never seemed to be in any kind of shit. Yeah. It's just. Till now. Yes. And and this is is going to be his undoing, I really think, um, because that is a national tragedy. Mm-hmm. It is something that we have. I remember learning about it in school as a kid here in Ottawa. Fair. He is a B.C. guy, um, but he has lived and worked in Montreal for 15 years. You don't live and work in that city for one year and go past December without knowing about that. And I think it is so fucking disrespectful that he would even 
allude to the fact that he didn't know about it. I think that is disgusting that he would do that. That that these women, these 14 women's lives just meant absolutely nothing that he would deny even knowing about this story at all and knowing about this anniversary in December. I think it's fucking bullshit. And and I I don't like to to I like to give people the benefit of the doubt on a lot of things, but I I can't on this one. I think it's I'm I am very done with him and like i'm sorry you you lived and worked in montreal for 15 years you've never heard about it okay bullshit um did the habs never have a i mean they have pregame ceremonies mm, for everything literally have they ever had a moment the of silence driver's grandson's seventh yeah. birthday here's yeah. a 23 minute ceremony <laughs> they've, they've never had a game that happened in and around december 6th mm-hmm. in the last 15 years where they had a moment of silence yeah. I, I again i haven't looked that up but i can pretty much guarantee that's oh, not yeah. true he never wondered what the 14 lights that shine on Mount Royal uh, every mm-hmm. December 6th are. Like, there's no way he hasn't mm-hmm. heard about it. And then, like, he walks it right back and says, oh, no, I yeah. did. I did. Then what this did you actually mean by looks that? worse. Yeah, then fucking... now you're back to sharing this yeah. thing. How unknowing. dare you <sighs> deny? And how do you, you not, if nothing else, how do you not tear down the organization? Like, that particular, look, again, it, it's very political, the gun thing, mm-hmm. right? I happen to think we need less guns, whatever. This organization, once you found out, if you didn't know before, uses P-O-L-Y as a promo code to Mm -hmm. buy their merchandise off their website. Once that's brought to your attention, how do you not, as part of your second round of damage control, go, by the way, fuck them. Just found out what they actually are all about and what they actually stand for. I'm appalled. I apologize. It's the whole thing is a bad look. And I think, you know, while we were talking there a second ago and I said he'd, you know, never really stepped in anything before and tried, leaned in, said until now, this guy was squeaky clean for 15 years. A superstar in one of the league's biggest markets, the starting goalie for a Canadian Olympic men's gold medal winning team. And now that he's done, he's suddenly ready to start stepping into a more political, I I think there's a little bit of cowardice there or a little bit of, maybe cowardice is the wrong word, but now that I don't need to step out in front of 20,000 people every night and worry about whether they're going to cheer or boo, I'm going to show you who I really am. And there's a part of that that really bugs me, Mm -hmm. really bugs me. Mm -hmm. Like squeaky clean. Yes. He, you know, he was the, the prodigal son on that team for, for 15 years. Wild that it was that long. Yeah. Um, he also did have his own personal issues that he went with. Yes. True enough. Towards the end, he, he left to get his, some personal affairs in order or whatever, but never, but, but, fans of the Habs and I think Canadian fans I think NHL fans hockey fans like stood by this guy and and really like because of that because he was one of the good ones Mm -hmm. you know just a quiet guy would answer your questions but didn't you never heard about him yeah out at four in the morning getting drunk and DUIs and shit like that sexual assaults those things rampant throat right those things he kept his nose clean for a very long time and you're right to point out that towards the end he did have some personal issues to deal with and I thought and honestly I was surprised pleasantly 
because Montreal is known for with its media and and whatever, digging up. Shit. I thought mm-hmm. they left him alone. I thought yeah. they thought he'd earned that privacy mm-hmm. and gave it to him. And to see that, you know, a year or two later, this is. I, I don't the, know what to make of this. Honestly, I look at this. Are not sorry, oh, sorry. Just going back quickly that he earned his privacy. I think he deserved his privacy. I think anyone in that situation. Yeah, Jonathan Agreed. Drew and didn't I, get that same but you, treatment. That's exactly. what I was going to say. You yeah. don't always get it. You're right. You're yeah. right. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just think that like the two are also not necessarily related. In, like, for sure not. I, 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 mm-hmm. I completely agree. He was absolutely beloved. Is, is probably still by many people mm-hmm. beloved in this city. He took unfortunately. a but regardless, it doesn't even if even if he had done bad things, doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how squeaky clean. I guess my point is, doesn't matter how squeaky clean he was. What he, I'm sorry, the way he handled this has been fucking egregious. Yeah. To your point, no. I'm fired up now. <laughs> and, um, and 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 like I, I and don't. I guess that's care. my point. It's weird to see that he's taken this big step from. That's the only reason I brought up the squeaky clean image is to now step out and be in. Like indignant, like I'm not backing away yeah. from this. Double down, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, oh, like, uh, I'm I, sorry that I, I offended you. I did all my polytechnique, but I'm still on this side. Mm-hmm. I'm still. <laughs> and like, how can you not see how not just tone deaf, but blatantly offensive that is? Mm-hmm. Like, Especially this fourteen week. women died. Yes. Fourteen women were murdered because they were just women. Because they were women. They were lined, and not to get too egregious and content warning for anybody listening, but like they were lined up against a wall, separated from the men in their class, and shot because this guy. literally said he hated feminists. They were killed because they were women. And to so flippantly refer to it, oh, yeah, sorry, I knew about it, but also my gun rights are more important. Fuck that. (laughs) Like, and and again, like, uh, I, much like everyone else in the room, very much disagree with Carrie Price's general opinion on this topic in general. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, you can have your opinion and still maybe say, oh, I don't support this organization's handling of the situation. I don't support them using this stupid promo code. Right. Like that, again, it's not tone deaf. It's offensive. Right. And the fact that he couldn't at least do the bare minimum in that, ooh, this is a bad look. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. For one of the biggest names in the sport in... It's disappointing. I liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know you said that this was like the last topic we were going to talk about tonight. Doesn't but can have we to just be. talk about something like happy for a minute? Yeah. Yes. We need some I don't know what, but like give me a palate cleanser or something. Your leaves are hot, 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 hot. Oh, uh, Sue Bird and, 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 and Megan Rapino have created a production company called A Touch More. And Amen. they're going to be sharing uh, stories from women's sports and other uh, female stories. And it's really exciting and I'm very happy about it. Okay. There it is. There's happy. That, There's that, happy. That yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm smiling again. There you go. <laughs> did it. Super has that effect on people. <laughs> what did you say it was called? The production company? A Touch More. A Touch More. Yeah. All right. It was based on, for those of you who don't remember or don't uh, as obsessively follow them as I do, <laughs> um, during the pandemic, they had an Instagram Live series called A Touch More where they would do Instagram Lives. They would have some drinks, kind of like this. Yes. Uh, and they would talk about various subjects. They would interview athletes. They have access to many of them. Yes, um, true. My favorite episode is, I, I have watched four straight hours of this <laughs> because Diana Taurasi was on it and it was fucking amazing. I've sworn a lot. I'm sorry. Um, You're bringing it. I, I got to get this out of my system before yeah. we record. She's got a game. Seriously. Um, but yeah, that's uh, very exciting. We we need more female athlete stories and uh, female athletes telling them is probably a good start. Mm-hmm. Super those, also two has, those two especially. Those two especially. Yeah. God, I hope they do a podcast. <laughs> that's all I want. And and they need they need a host. They need, they oh, my need, God, oh my God. Don't even. Oh my God. 
even. <laughs> Matt, you're embarrassing me. Oh my people. god. <laughs> what if they're listening? <laughs> they obviously are. Obviously. <laughs> Um, we got some cool stuff coming up on this show before I, uh, hand it to you guys to tee up this week's episode of She's Got Game. Next week, our buddies, uh, Creech and Bunda will be back in studio for the first time in a bit. Bunda's been in, uh, you know, several times to help tee up some UFC stuff, but, uh, Creech, he's got that whole family thing going on. Oh, yeah. Makes him a little harder to, uh, to track down, but they're going to be in together. Uh, and then the week after that, we'll do the, uh, the annual Brew Marsh Awards. What'd we decide we're calling it? Christine Sinclair. Right. I can't think of a beer pun, but North, I'll think of one. Northern Bar, Northern Bar for now. The, yeah. There you go. We'll see how it, uh, we'll, we'll come up with a better one. Also coming up though, Cheryl Pounder is going to be back on the podcast okay. uh, in advance of World Juniors, certainly, and to talk about this weekend's goings on here in Ottawa around the PWHPA. And uh, in the new year, Kyle Bukoskis and Claire Hanna in together. We're doing Ooh. TSN and Sportsnet at the same time oh my in God. studio. Nobody else is doing that. Only we are doing <laughs> that. And we'll bring that to you early in 2023. What is coming up this week on She's Got Game? Before we get into, sorry, what's coming up on She's Got Game, can I just say two things? First of all, Claire Hanna, such a gem. Yeah. When Michaela was on her honeymoon, I had to host She's Got Game by myself. It was the worst hour of it was radio of all yeah. time. Yeah. I, guys, I was talking into the void for an hour. But <laughs> Claire Hanna, so gracious, came mm-hmm. on and let me interview her for like 15 minutes. And she was so great. She's so, a delight. Such a delight. Yes. So love her also if, when Creech is here tell him Michigan ain't shit that's all he knows um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't though he doesn't know no. and they're probably not. yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway but on uh, this weekend Sorry, uh, across right, this the week. TSN oh, yeah, radio right. network uh, she's got game well, we're going to set up the PWHPA uh, All-Star Game. Yes. Uh, we're hoping to have a guest from the PWHPA. Ooh. It's still not confirmed yet, okay. but we're hoping. Yes. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about the Canadian Women's Soccer League that was announced. We'll share more exciting stuff around there. More woos. Just us screaming into the, <laughs> yeah. into the mics. Um, as well as, pro- we'll probably mention Sue Bird and Megan Rapino. I'm Ooh, sure. We always do. We always has has there ever been an episode with, without a Sue Bird reference? There was, like, kind of recently. And then as soon as we finished, Michaela goes, oh, my God, I didn't mention Sue Bird. And people, it was, it people was right after the People showing up in the mentions like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> it was right after the Wembley game, and I mentioned how I was watching, waiting for a shot yeah. of Sue Bird <laughs> in the stadium. And we talked about the Wembley game, and I didn't mm. mention Sue Bird. I was really disappointed in myself. Yeah. <laughs> But she's made up for it. It happens. Oh yeah. Lots of times you turn off the mic. You're like, oh, I f- my I my best point. I forgot, <laughs> forgot my I best had a point. really good thought on that thing, <laughs> and I, I totally whiffed down. on it. Yeah. Uh, this was fun, guys. I'm glad you pr- great. Yeah. agreed to come in and and do this. Uh, Thank we've you been for wanting to, with us. We've been Seriously. wanting to do this for a while. Well, honestly, like I said, I had some loose notes, right? Some things, and as the group chat went on throughout the week, it was like, <laughs> by the way. There's this, this and this and this. And then this afternoon when they did the uh, the Northern Star on Marie-Philippe Poulain, and it's not a shot at her at all, but I looked at it and went, yeah, that's... I texted these two and throw it on the pile. Yeah. <laughs> that's the end of my... So much. Yeah. So, uh, you really... also said, hurry and get here soon to record before more news happens. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> it was coming fast. So, uh, But the timing couldn't have worked out any better. It, these were all things that kind of fell in an area that you guys are, uh, are well served to educate on and uh, edutain, if nothing else. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> we try really hard. 
Sometimes. Vanessa is on Twitter at Vansan3000, mm-hmm. which always makes me giggle. Uh, <laughs> Michaela is on Twitter and Instagram at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. You got it. And her craft beer takes are at Crafted in the Capital on uh, Instagram. And we really? are on- You didn't know that? No? Really? Oh my God, we learn new things about each we other every day. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're not on Instagram. No, I'm not. Yeah, so. Okay, uh, well. I might just slide out and let these two finish up. As someone who can't drink bubbles, do you want to follow my craft beer taste? (laughs) As someone who can't drink bubbles and doesn't have Instagram, do you want to follow me? (laughs) This is not exactly up your alley. No. Anyway, sorry, Matt, back to you. (laughs) I don't remember what I was doing. I think we're on social media at Talk and Audio in some places. Uh, Our bubbles are on Instagram there. And uh, we'll wind this one down here before we end up off on any more crazy tangents that I can't bring it back from. That's talking audio. 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 <laughs> from Chicago. You know what? That's it. We're done. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> We're out. Bye.